Hi, this is Pastor Joshua Morocco, and you are listening to our King's Central Podcast. I hope you get encouraged. I hope the Word of God brings transformation to your life and empowers you. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the Word. Hallelujah. I am totally humbled by your appreciation. I really am. Before I start, would you just lift your hands toward me and pray? Because my words are only going to mean anything if they're propelled by the Holy Ghost this morning. Amen. Holy Ghost, I just pray that you would come upon me and help me, Lord, to communicate that which you've laid on my heart. I pray that you would open ears to hear, hearts to receive. I pray, oh God, that the word would go forth with power and authority by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, moms are known for their teaching, training, instructions, comforting, nagging, reminding, discipling, caring too much, controlling, etc. The position of a mom is not always a comfortable one since behavior modification is unpopular. Moms want their kids to think they are the best in the world. Even our Mother's Day cards read that way. When discipline takes place, moms can be at the bottom of the I love you list. When laundry, dishes, dinner, cleaning, and organization of the house isn't done, well, it always lands on the doorstep of mom's failure. What have you been doing all day? Ever hear those words? Well, mom gets, mommy even gets the blame when, if mom's not happy, nobody's happy. Huh, can't That's win. That's right. Mom always takes the rap for noisy kids, crying kids, I don't want to kids, Stinky kids, dirty feet kids, rowdy kids, kids that won't share, kids that hit, kids that bite, and on and on. It's a wonder that anyone wants to be a mom. But somehow, in the far reaches of that heart of a mom is the romantic notion that a baby never misbehaves or grows up not to be naughty somewhere. And even though other women have failed, somehow she will succeed and have that perfect child. And of course, we all know that that's a fairy tale, but it never dies. I don't know why that is. But this sermon isn't about moms. This sermon is about the Holy Spirit. Because I see in the Holy Spirit a mama's heart. We talk about the father heart of God, but I just want you to see the Holy Spirit has a mama's heart too. And the Holy Spirit working in us as comforter, counselor, helper, the spirit of Christ, the advocate, the spirit of grace, the teacher, 
the enabler. Hallelujah. He is all of those wonderful things. And yeah, I just was going to try to give you a quick history lesson on the Holy Spirit this morning. Number one, we find him first in Genesis 1-2. And it says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of the Lord was hovering over the waters. Then in Genesis 2-7, it says, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Then in the Old Testament, we read about the spirit of the Lord coming upon the prophets and the judges and the priests and the kings and to perform acts to demonstrate God's love and grace and power. Samson, Gideon, Deborah, Samuel, Elisha, Elijah, David, Hezekiah, Daniel. Wow, that's only to name a few. Because as people allowed the Holy Spirit to throw, flow through them, God did miraculous signs and wonders. Then in um, Isaiah eleven eleven, the prophet spoke. He is the spirit, I, I'm sorry, the, the prophet spoke and to prophesy that the spirit would come upon the Messiah. A shoot will come out of the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord will be on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and of love. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. We know that the Messiah, Jesus, fulfilled those. Even Jesus in Luke stood up and read from the prophet Isaiah 61. And he said that the Messiah was coming to bind up the brokenhearted. Amen? Open the eyes of the blind. Restore beauty for ashes. And Jesus sat down and he said, today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus had the Holy Spirit come upon him. Amen? Then Jesus in the New Testament taught his disciples about the Holy Spirit. He was, con he was consumed with making sure that they understood the Holy Spirit was coming. He talked in John 14, 26, it says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have told you. It's a good thing. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John probably couldn't have remembered everything that Jesus said, but the Holy Spirit reminded them. In John 15, 26, it says, when the counselor comes, Jesus said, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. John 16, 13, I don't want to bore you with these scriptures, but you got to know them. But when he, the, whole, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what it is to come, what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Wow. So... In just a few verses that I've read, he's the counselor, the teacher, the reminder, the spirit of truth. Wow. Just all kinds of good stuff in there. And then Acts 1-4, 
Before Jesus rose into the heavens, he said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift the Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus knew how important the Holy Ghost was. He knew that his job would almost be done after, after salvation was purchased. He would go and sit at the right hand of the Father, making intercession. But the Holy Spirit would be among us. Not just among us, but the Bible says, in us. Hallelujah. So in Acts 2, then we're reading, back to our history lesson, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit was poured out with tongues of fire and a mighty wind and unknown languages. The Holy Spirit came upon Peter and he stood up and began to preach. No longer was he running from the little lady that accused him of being a disciple. Now he was in front of hundreds and he was preaching the gospel with absolutely no fear. What made the difference? The Holy Spirit. Amen. Throughout the New Testament, we see the Holy Spirit working. He, he raising people from the dead. He um, did um, miracles, signs and wonders, deliverances. Amen. And then we read also about the fruit of the Spirit. Anybody? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, self-control, temperance, and it goes on. One more. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is manifest through prophecy, wisdom, understanding, counsel, and knowledge. Hallelujah. So today... Do we need anything else beside the Holy Spirit? But do we hinder the Holy Spirit? And I want to talk to you about that because in the Old Testament, the Lord said of the children of Israel, you hindered me. Why? Well, it was not just because they didn't have faith. They were rebellious. Hello. And you know, sometimes we don't realize we're hindering. The Holy Spirit's working in us. He wants to work. He wants to do signs and wonders and miracles. He wants you to raise the dead. He wants to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. But we're hindering him. Oh, no, no, not me. I'm not. Well, let me just give you some ideas of maybe how you're hindering the Holy Spirit is our teacher, our guide, our authority. He comes to lead us and teach us in various ways, equipping us for ministry and anointing us. But like his teaching, his authority, his leading, there are also other authorities in our life. Mom, dad, school teachers, police officers, governmental agents. Yeah. To teach us, to lead us, to disciple us, to even correct us. Can I hear an amen? Those red flashing lights. Sometimes before he can flow through us, before we submit to him, we also must submit to the other authorities. Why is that? Well, I believe that just like a child responds poverty positively to correction, then he begins to obey. If the child will not obey, an attitude of rebellion begins. Amen? 
So then sometimes when we grow up in circumstances like that, we don't even recognize it with our own heart and our own mind. Oh, you know, my mom was nanny, 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 and so I sort of resented her teaching. I resented her telling me what to do. Dad was too harsh, and he was this, and he was that. And so anyway, growing up as children, we can get those attitudes that can develop into a rebelliousness that even the Holy Spirit can't bust through. Now, I know the Holy Spirit can do anything. He's God. But did you know that we can hinder him? Isn't that what the Bible says? We can hinder the Holy Spirit. For instance, in Deuteronomy 5.16, it says, Honor your father and mother as the Lord God has commanded you so that you may live a long life and that you may, ha- uh, that you may have, be well with the la- in the land that God has given you. Romans 13.1, Submit to authority. For there is no authority except that which God has established. Yikes. <laughs> Titus 2, 3 through 3 says, Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way that they live, not to be slanders or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can teach the younger women to love their husbands and children to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subjected to their husbands. So that no one will malign the word of the Lord. We can actually bring disgrace into the Lord's work because of our attitude. Then in Proverbs 1.8, it says, Listen, my son, to your father's instructions. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. They will be a garland of grace around your neck. And a, I mean, sorry, a garland of grace for your head and a chain to adorn your neck. <clears throat> Ephesians 5, have you heard enough yet? Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit one to another. In the fear of the Lord. Yikes. Philippians 2.3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others better than yourself. Well, you know, I know that I am famous for the word stupid, stupid, stupid. Thanks, Josh. And I, and I understand that when the kids were growing up, I probably used that word more, more, more than I should. But you know, what happens to all of us is that we see other people's actions as stupid because somehow we think we're better. Like for instance, when my husband would drive. Yeah, don't go there. Oh, I'm going there. And I would scream bloody murder. Somehow I thought perhaps that I was the better driver. How does, where does that come from? I don't know. But I remember one time I said, I got to fix this somehow. And I'm screaming, you know. 
So I says, oh, I got an idea. So I pulled the seat. And I'm looking at the ceiling. It's totally solved the problem. No more screaming. Peace in the valley. People got to free free. Hallelujah. My husband bought me a new car. The seat doesn't even come up. Just joking. I still have to work on that. I really still have to work on that. We all have those areas that somehow we think people are stupid or not quite right and we've got the answer and they don't. And sometimes that, sometimes, you know, God can use ideas and wisdom and understanding, yeah. But until we've come to the point of humility before people, God can't use us to bring wisdom or understanding or the gifts of grace that he wants us to. Have you wondered, perhaps, why you don't have miracles in your life or where you're struggling with issues? We're always going to be in a battle spiritually. We understand the devil's out to get us, but we ought to have some victories. We ought to have anointing. We ought to see signs and wonders and miracles. And so my message this morning is take a look. Take a look at yourself. Take a look at your attitude. Take a look maybe at the way you see others in authority. Do you resent your parents? Are you still sort of holding on to stuff from the past that you can't seem to get around? Oh, if there were just this or that, or if they would just have done this, or, you know, I'm just telling you, there's issues in our life that we can't sweep under the carpet. We need to deal with it. And we need to go forward so the Holy Ghost can come upon us and the Holy Ghost can go for us and we won't hinder his working in our life. Maybe the Holy Spirit has tried to bring you and use you and anoint you, but you know what? You just don't want to go with him because you don't understand Or, you know, maybe you've not been trained like that child was trained. And so, you know, you just don't walk quite in obedience. Amen? Well, I got good news for you. The Bible says we need a new heart. And in Ezekiel, it says, Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart and put my, a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and, and it's my head is a shadow up here. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I'm going to redouble in a minute. I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. That's a new heart. That's a new spirit. Our hope is in the Lord. Amen. He can change us. But too many times, ladies and gentlemen, we resist him. I'm sorry. It sounds good and we read it in the verses. But when it comes down to the attitudes of our heart, sometimes we argue with the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm just saying right now, repent. Repent. Humble yourself. See people as a gift to train you. Don't respond in, 
offense when, you know, you're corrected. Hey, who do you think I am? We may not say it with our lips, but we're thinking it in our heart. <laughs> who do you think you are c- c- correcting me? <laughs> Ask the Holy Spirit to convict you about your attitude. When was the last time you did that? Oh, Jesus, I don't see myself. My husband tells me that all the time. When we're arguing, he always wins when he says this. Colleen, you don't see yourself. And you don't hear yourself. And at that point, yes, sir, I'm done. (laughs) Because we don't. We don't see ourselves. We've justified ourselves. You know, we're, you know, we're all right. It's the other guy. Hallelujah. Okay, I should probably move on. To honor the Holy Spirit, since the Holy Spirit births us spiritually, teaches us, speaks truth, testifies of Jesus, brings glory to God, is our counselor, guides us in all truth, baptizes us into one body, reminds us of what Jesus said. He is the spirit of wisdom and understanding, spirit of counsel and power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Since the Holy Spirit is all of those things, why would we want to hinder him in our lives? Oh, We need to take stock in ourselves. Come on, let's repent. You know, maybe some of you need to go to somebody that you've resented for a period of time. You know, oh, but I resented my mom and she's gone and I, how do I fix that? You cry out to God to change your heart because those resentments don't just go away by, you know, the person that you resented is dead. Okay, but you know what? The resentment is still alive, isn't it? And so many times the Holy Spirit is the only one who can come and bring healing to those places in, your, in, in our lives. Amen. Maybe your relationships with people have hindered the Holy Spirit moving in your life. You may even resist his prompting. You know, I had one person say, I don't hear God speaking to me. And I says, well, sometimes it's because he speaks through other people. Respond. Come on, let's respond to his presence in our life. Let's surrender to his will. Amen. Let's release his power through prophesying, through preaching, through praying, through acts of miracles and faith. Amen. I know you're going to be shocked by this, but I'm done. But before I'm done, I want to ask you, is there anybody here that doesn't know Jesus as your Savior? Maybe you're here just to honor mom. You came to church to be uh, a blessing to her. But during this time, it wasn't even about salvation. It was about, about the Holy Ghost but you felt something in your spirit and you want to ask Jesus to be your savior. You want to make him your Lord. You want to submit to the Holy Spirit so that you can be not only saved, but you be a vessel of honor and grace. Would you just bow your heads with me for a moment, please?
If there's anyone here, if you would raise your hand, I want to pray with you. I want to believe with you. Because receiving Jesus is never a private act. It was always public. It was always making his salvation known to others around about you. So today, if you want to receive Jesus as your Savior, you just raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. And we're going to believe that God does some miracle in your life. And the power of the Holy Spirit released Jesus' name. Let's pray together. Come on. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Come into my life. Forgive me. I repent. Change me. Make me like you, Jesus. Forgive me and use me for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope the word encouraged you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the King Central Podcast. God bless you. Walk in power and walk in the fullness of that which God has given you.